Welcome to A Gentleman's Briefly with your boy Brandon. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite franchises ever. I'm down, I'm a day one since 1993, Power Rangers. And today we're going to talk about the 30th anniversary film of the franchise called Power Rangers Once and Always. Uh, this came out on Netflix, uh, I think it's a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah, we're just going to dive into it, kind of give a quick review of my thoughts. And yeah, what we think about the movie in general and things, maybe like the franchise in the future and what we can expect moving forward. Now, before we start, I want to give you the proper lens, right? I want to give you the proper context. That way, you know how I'm coming at this movie, how I'm thinking about this coming in. So I'll be honest, I am a Power Rangers fan. I am not a huge, mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan. Now, some would say, what are you talking about? Like, isn't it the same thing? No, it's not. So, to me, this is sort of like being a, a Kobe fan, but you don't really care about the Lakers, right? That's kind of what this is. I'm a Power Rangers fan. I love the franchise. I love all 30 seasons I think we have now. And I have my favorite seasons throughout those. Some fans are just Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fans. Like, they could care less about anything after Mighty Morphin. They just care about Tommy, Kimberly, Jason, Billy, Alpha, Zordon. That's all they care about. They don't care about anything else in the franchise. I'm not that guy. I care about the entire franchise. Um, so, for me, I come into this a little, I come in from a little, you know, skeptical just because I am not a Mighty Morphin guy, right? And I think so many times Power Rangers has undercut its entire franchise just because Mighty Morphin is such a cash cow, just because Mighty Morphin, I mean, everybody loves Mighty Morphin, right? It's the number one. It's the, it's the beginning. It's where everything started. It has so many stars, so many legendary characters that, and so much like money, they make so much money off of it, right? Like, Tommy toys make so much money. The merch makes so much money when it's Mighty Morphin. The comic books, things of that nature, video games. So sometimes I feel like Power Rangers just throws away everything else and kind of just throws all their energy and attention into Mighty Morphin. When honestly, Mighty Morphin isn't even, like if we talking about seasons, ain't even up there like that. Like it's not my top five, barely might not be in my top 10. Season three, is amazing. I'll give season three that. Season three is where they kind of really get in their bag with the White Ranger and, and things of that nature. And the, and really, you saw the quality of the of the filming of it and the cameras and everything and the suits. Everything kind of took another level. And that was kind of after the the uh, theatrical movie came out, so you could tell the upgrades and things of that nature. But like season one, season two, like if you watch them again, you're like, yo, this is this might this is like low key garbage. So I don't think it's a top five series in Power Rangers history. However, I understand why people love it. It's a nostalgia thing. I get it. But I just want you to let you guys know that I'm coming at this not as a fanboy of Mighty Morphin. Like I, I, I fully acknowledge there are some holes there and there's some 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 things with the characters that I don't necessarily just love. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to give you the proper context. So now let's dig in. So. Basically, the story overall, spoiler warning, 
I mean, if I mean the thing says Power Rangers review, so if you're dumb enough to click on it, that's on you. But you know, we'll, we'll for legality's sake, we'll just say spoiler warning. Now, the movie basically starts as Billy, um, and we find it's kind of a time jump thing, but we'll kind of sum it up. Billy tries to rejuvenate Zordon, uh, ends up accidentally rejuvenating Rita Repulsa, and she comes back, um, ends up killing Trini. And and then we go to a year later, Trini's daughter, who is, you know, obviously traumatized by her, by her mom's death, wants to figure out how we can get back at Rita, really wants to kill her, like wants to, you know, take her off the map, put her on a T-shirt, right? Um, Billy and Zach are trying to understand, are trying to figure out ways to defeat Rita. They get more help from other members of the team. Um, and they eventually figure out how to stop her with help of other rangers like Rocky and Cat and Alpha. Um, and it's it's a really cool story overall. Like, and Min is the uh, character who plays Trini's daughter. She does a really good job. And she's kind of the central character of the whole thing. And I thought it was a really kind of really smart way of kind of wrapping all this thing up. Because, like, when you're bringing back something 30 years old, it's kind of hard. You kind of always wonder, okay, how are they going to tell this story, right? We've been away from 30 years. Where have these rangers been? What's been going on, right? You have all these other rangers out here. How do all these things, what's the universe like, right? What are the stakes? And they did a really good job of kind of laying out the stakes, I thought they did a really good job with men's arc. Like she started out as a very like traumatized teenager who heard about her mom's passing. It um, wasn't there. Didn't really understand why um, she had to die. She really blamed it on Billy as to why she died. Obviously, Billy was the one who rejuvenated Rita on accident. Rita then killed her mother. So she uh, she naturally blamed Billy for that. And so she kind of goes through an arc, right? I kind of, I like that she didn't just go, oh, okay, you, my mom died. Okay, it's okay. Let's figure out how to beat her in a nice way, right? Let's be not, like, no, she was trying to kill her. And she was trying to kill anybody who represented evil because of what happened to her mom, which I liked. And eventually she came around to the end, but it took a while, which I liked. But um, just some overall thoughts. I thought the opening scene was was cool. I thought... It, I don't know. It was kind of caught me off guard as far as like, we're just jumping right in right? with no explanation. Now they did eventually explain, you know, backtrack and kind of used it as a, you know, those movies that start off you know, in a random scene, kind of John Wick style, right? You start out with a scene, you don't know what's going on. Then it goes back and you kind of get more filled in and caught up to speed to go back to that scene that began, began. It's kind of like starts out of order. Um, that's kind of how it happened with this one. Uh, you didn't really understand what was going on, but then throughout the story, you kind of understand what happened. Um, but my only issue is like the way Trini died. Like if you look at the the scene where like Billy and Zach are like traumatized, Kim even like, uh, yeah, she followed the pink ranger falls. Kimberly falls to her knees, like is distraught, which is understandable. You just lost a ranger, but the red ranger, um jason and tommy these aren't the real characters but jason tommy they're like that's too bad man damn like they just put their hand on on billy and zach's shoulders like damn sorry your friend died like nigga these are your partners like i just thought they could have 
like very easily shown like the impact of losing Trini. Like you just your partner just got murdered, and you just like ah, that's, that's tough. Well, I guess uh, you know, like they were just kind of like ah, it's okay, you know. And I'm just like, bro, you just again, you, your partner just died. I just wanted them to. I know they were in their suits. It's kind of hard to emote and kind of like show how hard how hurt you are but i thought they could have did a better job than that like this isn't just some like you took a random l like no you just lost a part a partner on your team and and you know they have a daughter like you know the stakes of what this means so i just thought that was a little weird like i thought they could have definitely did a better job there um but in the Again, I didn't love the opening scene, but I understood what it was needed for. It was it was to set up the time jump, which I liked. Um, overall, uh, I really loved the Zach. It was centered around Zach and Billy. Uh, those two really killed it, to be honest. Like, it's kind of hard to play a character you haven't played in 30 years. Like, that's hard to do. And I thought Zach, uh, Walter Emanuel Jones killed it. David Yost killed it as Billy Cranston. Like it felt believable. It didn't feel like just old men trying to play or, you know, younger characters. It felt like a, just an older version of those characters. So I thought those two really killed it. Uh, again, I thought men, um, the trainee's daughter, she was really good. Um, you definitely saw her arc again, like from a tra- traumatized child to growing up and understanding you can't be a power ranger if your whole motivation is revenge right that's not what power rangers are about um and she kind of learns that throughout um so some cool parts i liked about the movie was again billy's trying to bring back zordon for those power rangers fans who don't know zordon dies in power rangers in space because um he tells andros to destroy him that way the z-wave can cure um and basically eradicate all evil on Earth and throughout the galaxy. So power engines in space, Zordon basically sacrifices himself for the better good, right? And actually, low-key, one of the plot issues where a lot of people are having in this movie is because Rita Repulsa was due to Zordon being sacrificing himself and Andros destroying him. The Z-Wave, um, because Andros killed um, Zordon, the Z-Wave then goes across this galaxy and, and basically eradicates all evil. That includes Rita. Um, and Rita and Zed are together and they're both cured and become good. Right? So that's actually Rita shows up again in another franchise called uh, Power Rangers Mystic Force where she's good and she helps those Power Rangers as well. So that's kind of where people are kind of like wait, I thought Rita was cured. I thought she was good. Like why is Rita now coming up and being the main villain, like we you we kind of expected it to be somebody else, just because again, Rita's story has kind of seen the whole full arc. Why are we going back to Rita as just the bad bad woman who now is in a robot body? Like that just doesn't it doesn't make sense, right? She's supposed to be a good guy, and we're kind of just stepping over or just erasing or acting like it didn't happen where she was she was cured in uh, Power Rangers in space. So that was kind of weird. But I did like that Billy was trying to bring back um, Zordon. That was a really cool reference to the broken glass. That's exactly what happened in Power Rangers in space. Andros uh, breaks the glass uh, to sacrifice Zordon. So that was really dope. Um, 
I thought some of the Easter eggs were really cool. Like, if you're a real, real Power Rangers fan, like, you really understood it. Like, when they talked about, you know, Power Rangers around the globe, them needing them for help, and they talked about the uh, the Bandora protocol, um, and Alpha was talking about, you know, activating that protocol and all Rangers, letting all Rangers know what was going on. If you look at that list that was on that screen, those are different. Like, just like Mighty Morphin's home city is Angel Grove, where a lot of those other names there, those are home bases, basically, or home cities of other Power Rangers out there. So Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, Power Rangers uh, Beast Morphers, Power Rangers, you know, Wild Force, things other, you know, other franchises or other iterations of the franchise. Like, so that was really cool to see. And then like referencing other, you know, ones, because that hasn't always been the case, you know, based on the, I mean, recently we've had comic books now to where they really lean into the connectivity of the franchise. But my, my, I'll be honest, the, up until the recent years, we really didn't talk about how separated these uh, things are like in space and SPD and all these other things. Right. They were always separated and we never understood why the fandom was like, wait, well, aren't these all in the same universe? But recently, due to the comics, thankfully for the comics and now that we're seeing on screen, they're making them all one universe, which is really cool. Um, another uh, Easter egg. They talked about when you saw a great cameo from Adam, Black Ranger, Mighty Morphin. He was the second Black Ranger after Zach left and Aisha, who was the second uh, Yellow Ranger after Trini. She replaced Trini. So um, you saw them, they were on a ship and they had SPA on their shirts. Uh, so I think their name was Space Delta, Space Patrol. Yeah, SPA, Space Patrol. I forgot what the A is for, but that is a Easter egg because SPA is... Um, kind of a division that was that is kind of the first division that then will eventually become Power Rangers SPD, which is a whole nother season that, that's based in the future. Um, so that was a really cool, like setting up a story almost and giving us a real cool Easter egg, letting us know that, like, okay, SPA that that is something that is before SPD, SPD is set way, way in the future, so that kind of makes sense. Um, and it really was cool to tie in Adam and Aisha and just to see them in general is dope. Like those are some of the most uh, beloved Rangers in history. Adam is one of the greatest Rangers ever. Uh, he's played, you know, the Black Ranger. He was the Zeo Ranger, the Green Zeo Ranger, right? Like, so he's been in a bunch of different franchises and a bunch of different movies, honestly. Um, and so, yeah, that was just really cool to see. I love Power Rangers SPD is one of the greatest uh, seasons ever. So to throw a little nod towards that season was really cool. Uh and Skull. Bulk and Skull. Um, it would have been cool if we got to actually see them, like if they actually had dialogue and interacted with the Rangers. But it's cool. We got what we got. And they were they were in a poster. I guess they have like a sandwich franchise or something. So that was it was just cool to see them, right? They're always beloved. They're known throughout Power Rangers, the franchise, but also specifically for Mighty Morphin. Like that's where they started. That's where they, you know, are most popular associated with. Um, again, it was dope to see Kat and Rocky come in when Jason and Kimberly went down. Um, uh, just to address, I know some people were like, well, why wasn't 
um, Tommy in it? And why wasn't Jason? And why wasn't Kimberly? Why didn't we see their face? Well, like behind the scenes, those actors um, didn't necessarily, I don't want to say they were like, hell no, I'm not doing that. But they just couldn't get to it. They couldn't come to an agreement with Hasbro and with the company and Netflix on like, you know, you know, money talks. We all know that. So they probably couldn't come into an agreement. I think Kimberly, um, Amy Joe, forgot her actual real name, but Amy Joe, who played, who's the actual Kimberly in the series, she was saying like she had some conflicts with scheduling. She's like a really big director in real life. So she has like other a bunch of other stuff going on. And um and Jason Frank unfortunately Tommy in real life, he eventually eventually uh, ends up committing suicide. I, I think after this movie was already in production, he had they just couldn't come to agreement for whatever reason. He, but he showed up in a bunch of other franchises. So, you know, much big up to him. It's not like he's ever been like, I'm too big for for Power Rangers. No, like he's he's a one of the biggest Power Rangers fans out there. Uh, he was always at conventions. He was always showing up, making guest appearances. Just unfortunately that he committed suicide a little bit after this movie was shot. So, um, but yeah, that that's kind of the, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Just couldn't come to agreement to show in the movie, but it's fine. You know, I think they did a really good job with the people that could show up in the movie. Um, but yeah, so seeing Cat and seeing Rocky was dope. Um, they obviously came in in the second season, I want to say into the first season, into the second season, and they replaced, uh, Rocky replaced Jason as the Red Ranger, Kat replaced uh, Kimberly as the uh, Pink Ranger. And so also it was really cool to see the juice bar. That's like the home, that's what like the, when you, I remember watching Power Rangers, just seeing them all kicking it in the juice bar. Like that was always a dope thing to see. You know what I'm saying? Just to see kids just hanging out, first of all, I, I don't know about y'all, but my high school didn't have nothing that looked like no juice bar. Like the, my high school looked like a straight cafeteria. Like it was boring as hell. But theirs was like, it looked like a, you know, a cool hangout spot after school. So, um, and then they had karate going on in the background. That was always interesting to me. But the fight scene in the juice bar, amazing. One thing about Prime Rangers fans, we love, we love morphing. We love all that. That's obviously what we're here for. But we love a non-morph scene, right? Just seeing the people outside of their suit in street clothes fighting. And I thought Walter Emmanuel Jones, Zach, um, the Black Ranger, did an amazing job in that fight scene, like showing the uh, hip-hop keto, I think he called it, uh, what he's known for, dancing while he fights, outstanding. He actually, like, I think he did some of them stunts himself. Like, watching the movie, I feel like he didn't have a stunt, man. He did that himself. Um, but, yeah, it was just cool to see the juice bar um and you know a bunch of nostalgia from there and they they obviously sat there and talked to men and kind of gave her stories about trini and their stories about you know growing up with trini and like growing up as power rangers with trini and kind of giving men a little bit of you know it's always cool to hear stories about your parents uh from their friends so that's always cool especially if they've unfortunately passed away so yeah the juice bar was really really cool part um I thought the morphine sequences were really good. I thought they really captured like what we loved about the morphine sequences from the past, but also updated them with the new technology and things, uh, things of that nature. Like a lot of us loved 
when they would morph like the regular way, but then also would morph, you know, on the move. Like they got to get, you know, if they're in a fight, they can't just all, always just sit there for five minutes and morph. Like they just got to get to action. So that was cool to see. Uh, I thought the Zords were really cool. I thought they did a really good job of like pretty much not copying and pasting, but copying and pasting the good stuff from the old, um, you know, the Zord coming together and, and transforming. But they took the old stuff, the good stuff, just added some new technology and made it look a little cleaner, made it look like it was in 2023, which is good. Some people complained about it was a little too much CGI. They want to see an actual like suit like they did, used to do in 93 where it was like an actual suit and it wasn't CGI. I don't really care personally. I mean, I do love back in the day. It wasn't just CGI. That's my only issue with Power Ranger nowadays. It's just a lot of CGI. Like I actually want to see the suits. But the Zord, like physical suit being worn. But either way, it was dope to see. It, the CGI people did a great job. Shout out to them. Um, but yeah, the ending, really satisfying. And man, what everybody's talking about is like on the end credits, they did a really good job of doing the, you know, the opening theme, but just, you know, switching up the the new and the old and kind of mixing it together. That was cool. But then seeing like, what everybody's talking about, that end scene where they're in the juice bar and they're showing the old scene from back in Mighty Morphin um, in 93, where they're all sitting around and Kimberly is singing a song and they're all like, you know, sitting there just enjoying time together. That's really cool. And it's definitely, it makes it more special when you know, like real life, we lost, like Trini is in that scene. We lost her, unfortunately, back in the day. We lost um, Tommy recently. You know, so just to see them all together and just to understand like the real life aspect of it, like this is the 30th anniversary, and unfortunately, we've lost two Rangers in real life. Like that's that's tough. So it definitely made that scene hit harder. And uh yeah, man, it was just a really, a really cool scene, um, especially for Power Rangers fans out there. So yeah, man, overall, I thought it was pretty good. It had some holes, it, you know, it's not perfect. I thought um, they did a good job of of, of edging it, it uh, keeping it, making it a little more edgy, but also they have to, they also have to play to the kids still. Um, I think they did a good job of trying to make it as close to our demographic as possible while also keeping it in Power Rangers and kid friendly. So I'm hoping, my hope is that we continue to do this, right? Like, and kind of the, to finish out, my most frustrating thing is when I say I'm a Power Rangers fan and people go, oh, okay, that's that's that kitty shit, you know, that's that's for kids. And it's like, bro, this thing's been out for 30 something years, right? It started in 93. Why haven't we matured past just being a kid show, right? Some of these other franchises started out as just kid stuff and now it's multi-billion dollar franchises that have respect throughout Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, all these other franchises that have transitioned throughout the demographic, right? They started out as kids stuff that all, all they cared about was, I mean, they still care about just selling toys, but my point is like they make movies now that are catered to older audiences as well. And they, you know, there's about to be a Transformers movie that comes out this year. That's catered towards older generation, but also a kid can watch it, right? 
I'm I'm a little I'm disappointed that Power Rangers can't get to that level. I feel like it can. We have way too much uh, great stories that we have to tell that for some reason or another, they're so stuck on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers that they stay in this like recyclable thing to where they're just like, oh, okay, well, oh, we're doing a Power Rangers project. Okay, it got to be Mighty Morphin. And it's just like, dude, there's so many... Bro, my top five. Let's just name it right now. Um, name it right now. Power Rangers in Space, my favorite season ever. Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, second favorite. Power Rangers um, Time Force, third favorite. Um, number four, Power Rangers SPD, right? And number five is probably Power Rangers, um, I will probably say Dino Thunder. I'm not quite sure on that. I'm going to have to confirm that for sure but there's so many good seasons with so many good stories and that's why i, I suggest anyone who who likes power rangers but sometimes feels it's a little too kitty for them i would suggest just read the comic books read the comic books and they're definitely for our age they're definitely for the millennials the the gen z the you know all all the older audience it's definitely it hits a lot harder man it, it, it's and it fills in a lot of the gaps and doesn't and takes out a lot of the silliness, a lot of campiness. So my main point is that I just hope that this movie allows Power Rangers to keep growing, keep putting out movies, keep putting out one shot movies, keep putting out projects. Apparently, the goal is to put out an animated series. Um, the goal is to keep putting out live action series. I think we should always do that just to stay with the tradition. That's where our bread is buttered. But, but put out an animated series, put out an anime, put out some different stuff for older content, put out a movie that is, you know, PG-13, maybe even, you know, we don't need to do rated R, that's wild. We don't need to do that. But do like something that's older to where you're catering to all audiences and not just kids. Kids are going to buy the toys, right? They, if they think some shit's cool, they're going to ask their mom or dad to buy it for them. You don't always have to just play down to their intelligence level, right? Like cater up a little bit. So I'm just hoping that this movie starts a trend where we get more one shots. We get one shots in um, the comic books right now. They're all really good. And so I'm hoping they take that and kind of build on that um, for, you know, the, the movie and TV side. Hey, Power Rangers Hasbro, if you're listening to this, hire me. Reach out. Brandon, hit me up. I got so many ideas. I love to be a part of it. Like this franchise, I love this franchise a lot. I think it has so much potential. I think it can be up there with the MCU. It can be up there with Transformers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Sonic, all these other new things that are coming out. It can be up there. You just got to treat it with importance and with care. And actually, you know, it's it's think about it. If you're a Power Ranger. Like there's so many other stories you can tell other than just a mon new monster of the week, you know, showing up randomly, you beat them and then it's over and then you do it all over again. There's so much deeper you can go into. Also, I will say the Power Rangers 2017 movie, highly underrated, highly underrated. I would suggest everyone go check that out. It's on Hulu, I believe, or one of them streaming services. Pretty good movie. Pretty good attempt. It wasn't perfect. Pretty good attempt. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that they're going to try to make another live action Power Rangers movie. So I'm excited about that. But overall, 
Power Rangers Once and Always review. I give the movie a seven and a half out of 10. Pretty good. Hit the mark. Hit us with the nostalgia, which is all we really wanted. And uh, yeah, I had a good time. I had a really good time. But yeah, to end it out, I appreciate you listening to another Gentleman's Briefly with your boy Brandon. And we out. Yeah.